Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We got a special guest today all the way from California, Big Nate Smithson. Say hello, my friend. Hello, everybody. So, uh, my name's, my name's Nate. I was just, uh, I was just talking to Kev like a minute ago. So, um, I want to just give you a little bit of background about myself. Love it. Uh, I've known, I've known Kevin for probably four or five years now. Uh, we've met at the gym. I've, I've really, I've really known him. I mean, we, we went to the same middle school together and like, we go, we go way back. Right. But, uh, you know, we kind of became friends, um, cause we went to the same gym in Uxbridge and, uh, you know, it's just kind of snowballed, snowballed from there. But, um, anyways, um, I live in California now. Um, I guess I would consider myself an entrepreneur. Um, I've done a bunch of different things. I've worked as a personal trainer for about five years. I still kind of do that a little bit. Um, I compete in bodybuilding. So um, I'm getting ready for a uh, natural bodybuilding competition um, about probably nine or ten months from now. Uh, let's see. So um, Tell them. So for those who don't know about Nate, Nate used to live in Uxbridge, the little, the little small town of Uxbridge, yeah. and then you, yeah. you packed your life into your car, and then you drove across the country to California. Yeah. What made you do that? So, um, you know, the funny, the funny thing is, a lot of, like, a lot of people ask me that question, and um, honestly, uh, when I was going to college, I kind of had like a desire to branch out, you know, to just, to just go somewhere, and like, I, I've always loved to travel. And I've always kind of dreamed of traveling places like far away and, you know, like experiencing new things. Right. So, uh, so basically, um, the way that I was doing it right after I graduated was I'm like, all right, I'm going to visit a couple places that I, that I might want to move to and then go. So I actually, um, I went down to Tampa to visit one of my, one of my buddies, actually St. Uh, Pete's in Florida. I've heard that's really nice. It, 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 some of it's nice, but I, I didn't like it, man. Tampa, Tampa wasn't that nice. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry about uh, anyone that lives, that lives in Tampa. Maybe, maybe just the parts that I saw weren't, weren't that nice. Right. But, um, and, and I also made the mistake of going in like, the middle of, uh, of the summer. So, dude, literally, literally waking up, like walking out of your door, having 95 degrees and humid. Yeah, that's too much. At like 9 in the morning, man. Too much. Not, not for me. That's not for me. So, um... That was kind of a no. I ended up going. Uh, I ended up going back home. Uh, I ended up going to um, South Carolina. I ended up going to Myrtle Beach, and I I drove I drove down there for like a couple of days for like four days, and um, I actually actually got a job while I was while I was down there. Oh really? And, um, yeah, actually uh, actually got a job at a gym, and they were gonna pay me. Uh, they were gonna pay for my move, and they were gonna give me like a five hundred dollar bonus to move down, and. Um, I was, you know, I was thinking about it. I had a long drive back to, you know, to think about it. It was like, you know, 17, 17 18 hours. And uh, it, just did, it just didn't feel right. Like, um, the environment just, just didn't feel right. People weren't really on the same wavelength as me, I, I, I felt. And, uh, you know, it really wasn't, um, like, I, I can't really see myself there. Right. So uh, that, was, that was a no. Um, so I was, I was home, I was living with my parents at that, at, at that time. Um, you know, so, um, basically like 
um, I ended up, I ended up, uh, I ended up getting a girlfriend. We dated, we dated for a while, and like I was kind of contemplating um, staying in Massachusetts and going to graduate school. And uh, because you know what I used to want to do uh, was to be a uh, physical therapist. Right, so I remember that. Yeah, man, that was that was my goal all throughout all throughout college. Is that I wrote up I wrote up a game plan my sophomore year of college that uh, I was going to switch majors. I was going to go into sports medicine, take all these, you know, take all these credits. I took like eighty four credits in two years, and uh, and then yeah, that included summer courses every single summer, every single session, winter winter courses every winter session, and so, like overloaded schedules every uh, semester. I did it. I ended up uh, doing doing really uh, doing really well, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go into physical therapy school. Like, I like, you know, I'm gonna go to um, you know to get a doctorate. So I was, I was thinking about going to UMass Lowell and living at living at home and kind of just like, you know, kind of uh, like killing off my dream of traveling. Right. You know? What a scary place to be. A scary a scary place to be, and it's it's very interesting to kind of like creep back into that mindset right um you know because i like i knew that i knew that traveling was something that i always wanted to do and i knew that if i didn't go then i would have i wouldn't have gone or you know it's not that i wouldn't have gone but you know there's so many trappings that that can that can you know keep you somewhere you know so um so basically i was looking at jobs i was looking at you know physical physical therapy clinics i went to like Man, I, I must have gone. I went to every physical therapy clinic within a twenty-five mile radius, and I asked them if they're, you know, if they would hire hire an aide or if they if they do hire aides. And you know, even to like volunteer places, I even tried to volunteer places. Yeah, I got down everywhere. Literally, literally got shot down everywhere. I had a degree. Um, you know, didn't it didn't it didn't matter. I mean, at at that time, I'd worked as a personal trainer for like about a year, also. So I I had. You know, experience working with people right. in the physical fitness didn't it didn't matter. I got I got shot down at all these at all these places, and I'm like, all right. I kind of I kind of took that as a sign, and I'm like, all right, this is this is like a big moment right now. I'm either gonna pull the trigger and just go somewhere, or um, you know, just continue to like settle for something shitty. So what I decided to do, I was driving to the gym in Bellingham, and uh, as I was driving. I, um, and you know, funny thing is like the previous night, um, I was hanging out with a mutual friend, Alan, and we were kind of talking about it and I'm like, Hey man, you know what? I think I'm, uh, I think I'm going to move to California. And he's like, you know, we're just, we're just like shooting the shit. And, uh, he was like, um, he was like, really? You're going to move to California? Fuck. And then, you know, he was telling me about how he moved to California for like a few months, um, with his, with his friend Ryan and like. You know, we we're just talking about it. Then, you know, I just kind of let the let the like, you know, idea simmer a little bit. So finally, um, you know, it was that next day. I was driving to the gym, and um, I was driving. Um, yeah, and I'm like, fuck it. I just called my boss up, and I'm like, hey, Joe, uh, I'm putting I'm putting in my two weeks. Um, I'm moving like I'm moving to California, and he's like, fuck. Well, all right, man. Good for you. And then, um, you know, the next the next couple of weeks, I mean, I had a like I had a ton of clients at that at that point in time. I probably had like fifteen or twenty clients yeah. that I was uh, that I was training. So I had to kind of part ways with all with uh, with all of them. Um, I gave the gym a little bit of time to like hire like a new trainer, 
Um, so I, it might have been a little bit more than two weeks that I that I that I stayed, but that's just because I'm not a dick. Right. Well, you did the right thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, so I I, I parted ways with everybody, and then um, packed everything that I could bring in my car. And um, I didn't I didn't know where I was gonna I didn't know where I was gonna stay. Um, I kind of like had an idea that I was gonna move to Orange uh, move to Orange County. You know, that's kind of like. Um, I was just looking in places in places in um, California, and that kind of seemed like a good fit. It was just, you know, it wasn't, it didn't seem as condensed as um, like Los Angeles, but there's still beautiful beaches. It's still like a city. It's still like, you know, there's still a lot of stuff to do, and uh, you know, the area's a little bit cleaner. It's nicer. Um, so I was looking, and um, I ended up I ended up going on Craigslist uh, on my on my drive there, and I ended up getting in touch with a guy who lived in Brea. And they were um, renting out a room in their house. It was a uh, Mexican family. So they were a family of four. Let's see. So they were a family of four. Um, the brother had his girlfriend live there, and then we had one other roommate. So uh, it was seven of us, with me included. Jesus. <laughs> but um, so basically, let me backtrack, though. When I was driving, um, like, you know, I decided to drive, first of all. By your, um, you drove by yourself? Yeah. You're a savage. Yeah. No, I was, I was, dude, I was cranking out like 500 to 600 mile days. Jesus. And, uh, for the record, I didn't, I didn't miss a single workout. I definitely um, believe that. I took about eight days, eight days to do it. And I just, um, I would just stop at a gym. Like, uh, I, I still had my pass. I, I still had my, like, um, I still had my, like, anytime fitness pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would like plan my journey out based on, based on those, you know? That's because that's so your that's your passion. Like working out is a huge passion of yours. Yeah, that's a that's a huge passion for me. And um, there 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 are literally times where I'm like, it's probably like ten o'clock at night, and I'm like, all right, uh, I think it's time to you know find a gym on the way. And there wouldn't be one for like two hundred fifty miles, <laughs> you know. Jesus. And I would, yeah, so I, I would end up going to the gym at like two like two in the morning, and uh, you know, then I just I would I would have to find like a hotel somewhere. In the area, dude, I, I stay at some sketchy fucking places, I'm not gonna lie. I can imagine. Like, um, I was in this one place, man, I, I was in the city, I think it's called Brownsville, Texas. Oh, boy. And, uh, it's like pretty, it's pretty close to the border, and, dude, this place was so ghetto, man. And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, uh, I ended up going there at like four in the morning, I was looking for, looking for a place to stay, I stopped at a gas station, and I literally walked in there, and there was this dude, just face all, face all tatted up. Um, you know, just kind of staring me down. He didn't say a word, and then like the cashier that he was talking to, he just looks at me. He's like, "What are you doing here, man?" You know, <laughs> how how very like, welcoming. Yeah, yeah, it was not it was not a welcoming it was not a welcoming place at all. He's like, "No, seriously, like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just driving through. I'm driving through town and uh, looking for a place to stay." And he's like, "Huh? Okay." You know, like dude was just he was just grilling me. Dude, he was, dude was kind of a dick, but uh, I got really bad vibes from that place. But the only that was the only city for like another like hundred miles or so. Wow. Um, yeah. So I ended up sleeping there in like a fifty dollar room. <laughs> yeah. God. And uh, right after that, um, the muffler on my car broke. So. Um, I heard this. I heard this story. This is fucking great. Yeah, man. So I was driving. Um, I was driving on the freeway, and dude, I'm just jamming out to music. I'm like rocking out, like you know, I like blowing my eardrums up. And I finally pull off, I pull off the freeway and I, I hear like a grinding 
And, uh, you know, like something's crying. I'm like, oh, my God, shit, my engine's going to blow up. So I find the nearest gas station. Like, I pull over. And I just hear, <laughs> as I'm, and I'm like, what the fuck could that be? It's like, you know, um, you know, I really, I really had no idea, like, what it, you know, what that sound could be. And it's, and it's like, why didn't my car stop with this, that, like, that kind of grinding? Yeah. Like, I think, like, a, you know, like a, you know, if my, if my car drained out oil or something like that, um, you know, like, the pistons would have just stopped. So I'm like, how's my car still, still moving? So, like, I pull into a gas station. I'm, like, looking under, like, um, under the hood of my car. Granted, um, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in a town called Brady, Texas. It has, like, a couple gas stations in it, and uh, just a lot of nothing. And, um, you know, I ended up, like, starting my car up with my door open. I just saw a puff of smoke come out from under my car. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, dude, my muffler is, like, hanging on by a thread. So uh, it, it stayed on. I was going, like, you know, 85 on the freeway, and it just it's stayed on. I don't know, I don't know how, but, uh, like, one portion of it, like, the back portion had you know, totally broken off and it was just dragging on the ground. So, uh, I ended up, um, finding a guy, like all the, like, um, auto shops were, you know, they were all, they were all closed. It was like, a, it was a Sunday. So, um, everything was closed. I ended up, um, I ended up just getting lucky. There was like a, there was like a janitor or like some, some guy at one of the shops. I just knocked on the door and, uh, he ended up walking out and I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, uh, do you have anything for me to like tie up my muffler? And he's like, yeah, he ended up putting a, uh, you know, he ended up putting a, um, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a piece that he screwed in. Yeah. He ended up, um, just basically, just basically wrapping it up. So it wasn't dragging on the ground. And then, uh, I went on my way until it broke again when I was in Arizona. And then I had to walk to a Walmart and, uh, buy a chain. And then I, I just chained the rest out, and I just went on my way. I just, I just kept moving. What are you thinking? Like this whole time. So when you left Massachusetts, like, are you thinking, okay, this is gonna be a smooth ride, and I'm gonna get there? Or are you thinking like, oh, this is gonna suck? Like, what are your thoughts? Oh, dude, I was on, I was on top of the world, man. Really? You know, uh, think about it this way, right? Um, the moment that I left my job, uh, I had, you know. Um, I had all my stuff in my car. There was nowhere that I had to be, you know? Right. I, I literally could have gone anywhere in the fucking world, you know? I could have gone down to, like, you know, South America if I wanted to. You know, like, there was literally, you know, it, it could have been, I could have literally gone anywhere, done anything. There was not a single person that I, um, that I had to answer to. And, um, you know, I, I got a little bit of taste of, you know, I guess you could call it a vacation, but uh, I think it's even more than that because I didn't have anything to even go back to. Right. You know? Yeah, that's that's more. <laughs> that's way more than like a vacation. Vacation, vacation 2.0. Right. But um, yeah, man, I was on top of the world. Um, I knew, you know, um, I was driving a 2000 Camry, so I mean, and I had put a lot of miles on it. It was probably like, you know, probably 230,000 at that point. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had like a, like a string of problems with it prior to that. So it's like, it's not like I expected nothing to bad to bad to happen. I just, I just hope that nothing like, you know, drastic happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, the muffler broke, but that wasn't like anything to, you know, to stop me. You know, I could still drive with it. It was just loud as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
when I first got into California, uh, some guy, some guy at the gas station asked me, he's like, he's like, dude, like, you know, did you put a V8 in that, in that Camry? Like, oh you know, Jesus! Like I souped up my uh, Camry because it was just, dude, it roared, it literally roared. Oh um, man, the Fast and the Furious. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, um, you know, I didn't think it would go. I, I didn't think it would go totally smooth. I knew that I would hit some, some, uh, some bumps. Granted, I still didn't even know where I was going. Like, right. I didn't know where I would stay. But I ended up getting in touch with, um, you know, with the uh, landlord at the place that I, I ended up staying. So the reason why I chose that uh, that place, I had like a couple others that I was going to think about, think about checking out. Uh, I ended up getting to California on, on a Sunday. I think it was, yeah. And um, I ended up, you know, no, I got there on a Saturday. So the next day was a Sunday. So I was basically driving around and I was like knocking on doors of gyms and physical therapy clinics looking for, uh, you know, looking for a job. Or, you know, looking for somewhere that I could set up shop, either start a personal training business there or or work as a uh, physical therapist aide. Yep. So it was a so it was a Sunday. So most of these places weren't open. I ended up I ended up talking to some owners. I ended up parking my car in this uh, physical therapy clinic. Knocked on knocked on that door. And nobody answered. So like I went across the street. There like there was like a martial arts studio. I knocked on that door. And then there was like a gymnastics place uh, right down the street. I knocked on that door. And uh, I ended up going back to my car. And as I was going back to my car, somebody walked out of the clinic. And I'm like, hey, uh, you know do you work here? And he's like, Oh, I'm actually one of the owners. So I ended up talking to him. I told him, you know, like a little bit about me and, um, that I'm looking for a job in a physical therapy clinic. So it just so happened that they were planning a party and, uh, there were four owners and they were, they're all there. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I, like on a Sunday, I, I, I literally got to like walk in, see the entire clinic, talk to like each, each and every one of them without any patients there. And, um, you know, so they liked me and dude, I, I was just wearing like a, like a, basketball shorts and like a white tee it's like I didn't, I didn't really I didn't really plan this out well you're also a physical specimen for those who don't know you are <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger of Uxbridge yeah so I mean you know they they obviously they obviously saw that they, um, they, they saw the saw gains that. yeah they definitely saw the gains <laughs> they definitely saw that uh, like I practiced what I preached for sure um, so they liked me so they basically offered me the job there but they were like um, send us like a resume and then we'll do like a you know formal like like interview. We'll go over everything, and then we'll start from there. So I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, that's that's one. Um, so I ended up I ended up finding out that the place that I, um, that I was gonna stay was like a quarter mile down the road. Wow, it was literally within walking distance. So I'm like, all right, this is like pretty convenient here if I just find this this job, and um, I'm gonna be living like a quarter mile down the streets. Like you know, it's hard to get better than that. So uh, I ended up I ended up taking both I ended up taking that job and um, I ended up living living in the house. Interesting experience. Um, that was the first time that I lived with that many strangers. It, w- it, it wouldn't be the last. <laughs> it was definitely the first. And um, you know, just having you know, um, I lived with uh, a couple of people from Ghana for a summer. So I lived with uh, five people from. Ghana, so it's like during that during that period of time, I kind of got used to people speaking like a foreign language, but like at least Spanish, I can somewhat understand. Yeah, and, uh, I forget the name of their language, but um, it was you know it was like you know 
you had no idea if they were talking about you or <laughs> like what they were, what they were talking about. That's so. so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, no. So that was that was really interesting. So it's like I I feel like living with people from Ghana for 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 summer kind of conditioned me to living with like you know um, like a like a you know like a Mexican family with like different cultures and different you know languages and um, I like I wasn't like that freaked out and I was like you know I was very open to it. You know. That's so strange. Like the fact that you just up and left and then you were down for whatever, basically to get you across the country, like whatever it takes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I'm like, you know, cause, um, you gotta, you have to decide, um, you know, it's like, if you, if you're, if you're high maintenance and if you're, you know, if you're very, you know, like particular about everything and about fine, about fine details and everything needs to be perfect, just like, you're probably never going to do anything. Right. You know, and, and, and if you are, it's going to be painfully slow. And, um, you know, it's going to happen late, you know? Yeah. And you're, you're going to spin your wheels. So to get shit done, it's like sometimes you have to, you know, you have to get your hands dirty a little bit and you have to be willing to, you know, you have to be willing to just roll with it and make the best out of a, out of a situation. Right. So that, that, that was the mindset that I had go, going into it. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever happened, I knew that I was going to make something work. Right. And you are. You're still there. Yeah. So I'm still here. I'm in a much nicer uh, area in Orange County. I've lived in uh, a couple different places here. I lived in, um, so I lived, uh, the city's called Berea, which was, which was a really nice landing spot. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, I ended up going to a city called Fullerton. I know that Fullerton's, uh, people might, your audience might know that place. Cause, um, I've heard of that. Yeah. Fullerton's a pretty popular city. I would say in, uh, Orange County, it's like Northern Orange County. I lived there for a, a for about a year this time i had about um eight roommates jesus yeah (laughs) yeah but this landlord i couldn't stand this landlord so um it was it that that wasn't a good living situation i didn't have like but uh sharing a bathroom like sharing one bathroom with um seven other people got pretty interesting what a nightmare (laughs) yeah yeah man that got pretty interesting i'm sweating just thinking about that yeah, yeah, I know. Like, especially people that, that, like, you don't know, like, you know, they aren't your friends. It's one thing if, like, you're living with your friends, but right. just random people. But once again, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta get your hands a little dirty and, um, you know, be, you know, be willing to kind of do what it takes, uh, to make a, you know, to make a, situ- uh, to make a situation happen and make the best of it. Yeah. So, you know, so that's, that's what I did. I ended up, Moving to a place in Los Angeles County called uh, Bellflower, which is kind of kind of ghetto. Um, it's right next to like Lakewood and like Compton. Oh, okay. And, like, like I, I drop I drop that city because people know. Every, everybody knows uh, Compton. Everybody knows Compton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably like four miles away. Okay. And um, uh, I got a job in Long Beach, so I was working there. Uh, I was working there in a gym called uh retroflex people have probably heard about that who watch youtube videos like ct uh ct fletcher he started off there uh mike uh rashid so they're like you know they're like youtube uh fitness um like celebrities i guess you could say yeah that was kind of the gym that they um they both started at like their personal trainers there and they uh you know they ended up what 
going off, starting their own gym and doing their own thing. So I trained there for about a year, and then I moved to here to Newport Beach, where I'm currently still living for like it's gonna be a year next month. So uh, I've lived I've lived in a bunch of different places here in Southern California. And I think that this is the best that I've uh, lived in, definitely without a doubt. And uh, I can see myself living here for at least a little while. What a journey, man! Yeah, yeah, man. And see. The reason I like talking about shit like this is because if somebody said, hey, like, what's new? And then you said, oh, I moved to California. That, like, they would be like, oh, what are you doing for work? How do you like it? And that's the end of the conversation. You don't hear, you don't hear the, I lived with seven people. I lived with five people. My muffler fell off. I, you know what I mean? You don't hear that shit in normal conversation. No, you don't. And, like, when I say I want to be hyper-conscious and I want people to be hyper-conscious, I want them to, like realize that that was a whole journey for you that started in your mind. That was like a thought. Yeah, it was. And now that's your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that's how quickly things can change. What would you say to somebody who like somebody who wants to do what you did? Like somebody who wants to just maybe not necessarily up and move to California, but somebody who wants to do something completely different than what they're doing. Yeah. Somebody, somebody wants to do something bold. Yeah. Just if they have a dream, but nobody believes in them except for themselves. Yeah. Um, the, the first thing I would say to them is be flexible. The second thing that I would, that I would say to them is nobody, you know, no, no human being, I mean, you know, 95% of human beings aren't any more capable than anybody else. Right. You know? if, you're, if you're talking about physicalities, um, you know, it's like how many people can dunk a basketball? It's like, yeah, that's gonna be a little bit you know dependent and like factors out of, out of out of your control when it comes to doing things of the mind um we're all on the level playing field you know so you know basically the way that i see it and like not literally i mean some people train their, their mind a lot a lot more therefore they're a lot further you know ahead but you can you, you can you can train and you can basically get better and you can get smarter and learn how to do something you know just as well as as anybody else so right. you know the way that i see it if anybody can figure something out, you know, you can figure it out also. So if it's, if, it, if something's been done before and, you know, in some cases, if something hasn't been done before, but it's, you know, still, it's still conceivable, um, you know, there's no reason why you, myself or anybody else couldn't also do it. So, um, you know, that's the way that I kind of like looked at it is that if, if other people can figure this out, just get up and go, I can figure this out. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of the way that I like approach, you know. And uh, you gotta you, you gotta look at the risk. You gotta break it down. Like, what's the worst case? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Uh, what's 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 the most probable thing that's gonna happen? And um, are these results permanent? So, for instance, me me moving to California. What's the worst thing that could happen? Um, I could not find a place to stay, I cannot find a job, I run, I burn out, I burn out of money, I have to sell my shit, and then I move back home, you know, mm -hmm. or say that, say that my car breaks down, my car breaks down, you know, I have to sell my shit, and then I have to get, like, a bus ticket home, you know, Jesus, <laughs> or, you know, say that, like, obviously, the worst case, you could die, but we're not gonna talk about that, because if you die, then, you know, that's it, yeah, you don't have to worry about anything, over, but it's like, what's, like, what's the worst conceivable thing, like, that you know what's like um you know what is probable so like you know a negative thing that's probable 
yeah, maybe I won't find like a source of income for a couple of weeks, you know, but like realistically, you know, if you, if you, if you go in there with the, you know, with the, with the drive that on a Sunday, you knock on like, you know, 15 to 20 doors. And then on a Monday you go to, go to the um, library. And then I found a second job on that Monday. I got my first paycheck on Wednesday. And then I started at the physical therapy clinic on Friday, you know, Jesus. Um, so it's like when you go into it with, with that kind of a mindset that, um, you know, you're, you're going to do what it takes and, um, you know, you're kind of motivated to, uh, to make this, you know, to make this happen to like, you know, to take action. And I was on, I was just on Craigslist job surfing. And the funny thing is I still kind of do this job, um, here and there, you know, uh, it's basically, um, I've been doing, uh, voting campaigns. So basically, um, gathering uh signatures for like um referendums yep anytime that uh somebody wants to get like a bill across or they want to basically pass a law they have to get x amount of uh they have to get x amount of signatures from uh registered voters to be able to like present it to the city council and then they can get it on the um, on the next ballot so i've been running those campaigns and um it's funny when i first started it was like nothing like a little just a little bit of money here and there but uh maybe we'll talk about this later but um you know that opportunity made me a hell of a lot of money, like, uh, like last year. It ended up being like extremely lucrative, but um, it was all because I just went on Craigslist and, um, you know, just was looking. I was I was looking for it, and then um, it was like really, you know, it's pretty much like um, you're just you're just cold, like it's just cold sales, basically. Yeah, you know, um, I'd be either knocking on doors like just cold uh cold knocks on doors mm-hmm. or like standing in front of us um in front of like a grocery store or um i go to like a college campus and i would just you know just like cold approach and you know get somebody to um put their you know their um like personal like um information down to a total stranger in a matter of like 30 30 seconds so uh it was definitely um it was definitely a good like it was definitely good, um, you know, for kind of like building, building those skills, like, um, you know, building those social skills and just like getting over the fear of rejection. Cause you get rejected like 90% of, you know, percent of the time. Right. Yeah. I'd literally hear hundreds, literally hundreds of notes every single day and just people being totally, totally rude to you just walking by and like, you know, I, some people try to fight me, <laughs> you know, um, I've had, I've had people like get the cops called on me and stuff like that. Like that's, that's only happened once. Like I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a rude person. So, uh, you know, that only happened once because this guy was like fucking crazy. How has that changed? Like how are, how is getting a thousand no's changed you? Oh my God. It, um, that's, that's honestly, that's honestly a paradigm shifter. You know, if you're fearful of no's, um, you know, you're, you're never going to take any risks. You know, like your risk tolerance is, is, is going to be very low because honestly, when you're nobody, when you're first starting something, everybody's going to say no. Right. You know, 99.9% of people are going to say no. They're going to tell you to go fuck yourself. They might say it literally like that, <laughs> but in their head, they're thinking, this guy can go fuck himself. Right. You know, like he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He, just, he doesn't know what he's doing. So it's like if you're trying to sell something and, and every business is selling something, every, you know, if you really want to break it down, just about everything. Is selling something, but um, 
if you if you can't take a no, if you can't take take just somebody just say straight up no to your face, then um, it's gonna be really difficult f- for you to you know be successful at anything. It's you know, huge like, hearing that, man. Like just hearing you say that. Yeah. Cause I know that. Like I know that. But sometimes you put that shit in the back of your head and you like forget about it because it's easier to be comfortable sometimes. Yeah, because it hurts. It does you know, hurt. It honestly stings. It stings a little bit, and it's like that that dissipates, but it never totally goes away. Like you know, some people might say that it goes away. Somebody, somebody saying no, and it's like there are times when yeah, you are desensitized. It's like say that it's you know towards the end of a day, I've just taken like you know six hundred no's to the dome. Yeah. Um, What's you know, one more I, at that I'm, point? Yeah, like the next no is not gonna not gonna really hurt that much, right? But. Uh, you know, it it still it still sings a little bit, and it's and it's and it's uncomfortable. But the thing is, um, is the yes worth it? You know, if is it worth it to get the yes? If, and, if um, you're doing it for the right reasons, it should be. Yeah, you gotta you gotta weigh it out. You know, um, like for instance, are you? And you know, the funny thing is, is um, I brought I brought one of my one of my friends with me to you know to do this job. And uh, this was like uh, probably four or five months ago, and he was like, "Man, like he would get he he would get pissed off at people, and he was like telling people off, and um, you know he would literally get like upset, and, and he would get he would get down, and you know he would look at me, he's like, dude, you're not phased by this,' and I'm like, no, not at all, because I don't like um, I don't like basically like attach myself to what these people say or or how they or how they treat me. It's like I basically detach myself, like, as a person from this job, you know? Like, they're not saying, you know, they're not saying that they hate me as a person and that, you know, like, you can go fuck yourself. Um, they're just saying no to what I'm asking them, you know? So, so true. Yeah. And they're just saying no to the signature. They're not, they're not like, you know, uh, you know, they're not, like, rejecting me as a human being. So, like, why should it matter if they say no about this signature? It's like, it shouldn't matter to me as a person. Like, I shouldn't take it personally. Right. That's so true. And, and any any business, any anything in sales, and everything's in everything sales, um, you know, people are going to say no to you. And it's like, if you take it personally, it's going to be really tough, you know, for you to be successful at it. Because most people are going to say no. And, um, you know, the only time when... You might, um, you know, kind of like, you know, shift the pen, uh, the uh, um, pendulum is when you're super, you know, uh, super successful and you have a track record. What, when you when you don't have a track record um, and people don't know you, you're gonna get a lot of no's. So uh, you know, to people taking risks out out there, just realize that you're gonna take a vast majority of no's, and you know, you just need to be able to detach yourself from. Um, you know, from being uh, rejected. It's not, you know, it's nothing to you personally. Um, you know, a vast majority of the time, people just have shit on their mind. You know, it's like you'll you'll basically talk to them and, you know, um, even though you're asking them for, like, a quick signature, you think it's only going to take 30 seconds, they're thinking about, you know, like, their shitty their shitty day at work or they're thinking about, you know, like, uh, like issues, issues with their girlfriend, or you know, they have stuff on, they have stuff on their, on their, you know, stuff on their mind. So if they're, if they're rude, it's nothing to you personally. It could be what's going on with their wives currently, and you know, it's just kind of being expressed into the world as something that is rude. Right. There's something to be said for somebody who's not afraid 
of failing over and over. Like you always hear, you'll hear like a lot of rap artists say like, I was down to my last $40 when I got my record deal. The Rock had $7 left when he, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. that having that level of self-belief that like, if I just keep putting in the reps, if I just keep believing, if I just keep grinding, I'll get there. There is something to be said for that. hundred percent. No, there, there honestly is because without, um, you know, that's really, that's really the mindset that, you know, that, um, you know, people need to have, I mean, you know, I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. And, um, man, I've fallen on my, I've fallen on my face many, many times. Um, you know, and I failed, I failed, I failed, you know, a shitload when I, uh, and when I first moved to Newport beach, um, there were some months I started off the month with, um, $27 in my bank account. Jesus. And that happened a couple times. Actually, actually went, we actually went under that. And, um, you know, I've kind of, I've kind of set standards for myself. Um, you know, that, um, you know, it's like I'm not I'm not somebody who's gonna get a job. I'm not somebody who's gonna get a regular job. That's just um, you know, I'm either going to uh, make it as an entrepreneur, making it make it on my own terms, or I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna living um, living you know paycheck to paycheck. But um, you know that's you know I think that that's it's kind of important to like. Uh, to set standards for yourself because, um, you know, basically the way that I see it is, um, I'm going to have to put off luxuries that other people have for a little while, uh, to have luxuries that most people couldn't have. Exactly. And, and, um, honestly, it's like, I, a lot of my game plan is predicated on being successful at a young age, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to wait to, um, you know, to basically live freely until I'm, until I'm old and I can't really make, uh, you know, make the most out of it. When I'm physically capable, when I'm young, I want to be successful. So everything that I do is, um, is basically predicated on that, um, on that, you know, notion. I think that's awesome though. I think that's like, cause so many people work, they work in hopes that one day they'll be able to retire. But if you're doing something you love every day, like you don't really need to retire. That's an interesting point, you know. Right, like yeah, that, that is, that, that's a that's a very interesting point. Most people put in forty years at something that they're mildly happy or completely unhappy doing, in hopes that one day they might have enough money to not do it anymore. Like, what a weird fucking thing. <laughs> that doesn't make any yeah. sense. And see, one of the one of the things is people do it so wrong. You know they um, they do it very 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 wrong, and if that's their if that's their goal is to want to um, retire, and if they don't like their like their job, so many people are doing it very very wrong. Like how it's just how they structure, you know, their game plan. You know, I mean, um, uh, one of my one of my mentors, my um, business my uh, business partner that I've been working with for the last uh, four or five months. Um, He's set up like a couple of million dollar, million dollar businesses. Um, he's, you know, uh, started and sold them. He's basically, um, you know, he's done multi, multi, multi million dollar real estate deals. He's closed a six and a quarter million dollar deal. Oh, Jesus. Um, and, uh, you know, he's kind of taken me under his wing and like, you know, 
opening opening my mind up to uh, like really what you need to do to make money, what you need to do to like be successful at at something, and um, it basically all starts with like is your is your plan scalable, you know, and um, you know um, like. I kind of want to take it one step further is like, uh, is it, it like, are you bound by time? You know? So, um, so, you know, basically if you want to be successful at something in, in a business, you have to either do one of two things. It's basically, you know, the law of, um, the law of like affection as, um, um, an author, uh, MJ DeMarco, um, he wrote a book called the millionaire fast lane. Okay. Recommend that people that you know people that want to be successful in, in business uh, read this book because it, it it honestly it honestly changed changed my life in a very drastic way and uh, it's definitely a paradigm shifter. But uh, he talks about um, you either have to like affect in scale or in magnitude. So uh, for instance, you either need to you know get a dollar from a million you know from a million people or you know, um, a hundred thousand dollars from 10 people. Right. If you want to make a million dollars, you know, and those are just two examples, but it's like, is your business model, is your, is your life structure, is your life income structure, um, scalable? So are you, are you, are you able to, you know, say that you own, say that you own a restaurant, um, and that you work, you know, or say that you work at the restaurant, you know, if you're a worker, if you're an employee, is it scalable? Not even a little bit. That's the most unscalable thing that you can possibly have, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, say that you're a business owner, there are, many, there are plenty of businesses that they just, they just basically, um, you know, you're still and technically an, like an employee, like you're, you're still bound by time. You yeah. You're just, it. you just operate. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and that's kind of, uh, how I saw personal, personal, uh, personal training. And that's, you know, so many people ask me why I stopped personal training. And, um, honestly, that's it is cause it's, you know, it, it's not really scalable. You can, you can scale it on, um, online to some extent. And that's kind of what I like, I, I kind of played around with that, with that thought, but you know, honestly, man, the market's so freaking saturated right? That, that, um, you know, there are better, there are better things that I can do. It, it doesn't really matter that I'm good at it. It doesn't really matter that like, I know what I'm talking about. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be a massive um, you know, that's going to be a massive boulder to, you know, to start moving and to roll it up the hill. Well, and also somebody like you who is so passionate about their craft, the last thing you want to do is just make a cookie cutter meal plan and send it out to 200 people yeah. just to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, man, I, a funny thing that you mentioned that is that I struggled with this exact thought for about a year is that I, I, I made a, um, a diet program. And I actually put a lot of fucking work into it. It's actually it's actually really good, and it um, I beta tested it. It worked for a couple of people, but it's just like um, it's just by people's weights, and um, you know it's you know the interesting thing was um, you know and I was personal I was personal training and like what I would preach to people is very like it's very like like interactive. Yeah. You know, so things are always moving, and um, you know you you have to always like like. You know, there are things that are un- that are unplanned that you have to basically um, like, uh, you know, um, like respond to. So just having a set plan is, you know, is it's good in some in some degree, but it's not really optimal. And I, I had a really tough time like 
marketing that and selling that, so I kind of stopped. And uh, that was kind of one of the things that, like, basically, you know, persuaded me to go for something else. Well, it's good that you realized that you didn't want to sell out. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's selling out, um, selling out's an interesting way to put it, but it's like, um, you know, if it, if it really does help people, are you, are you really selling out, but is it, it, but is it optimal? Only if it's against um, your beliefs, I think. I think it's only yeah. selling out if, if you know within yourself that like, shit, I said I was never going to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it not, I, I wouldn't put it like I would, I said I would never do it, but with a caveat that like. I don't want to do it just to get money. I want to make sure helping yeah. people in the best form is is first. Yeah, and that's you know, you know, and that's honestly how you make money. Anyways, true, is, uh, true. You have to offer a service. You have to offer value to somebody. And it's like, um, you know, the the blunt truth is that everybody is worried about themselves. They care. They care about themselves. You know, numero numero uno, and usually numero dos too. Right. So, you know, basically, they don't care that you want to, like, be an entrepreneur. They don't care if you want to, like, have a, you know, a free lifestyle and you want to wake up without an alarm. You know, they don't care that, that you want to have drive a nice car. You know, people don't care about that. You know, you know the marketplace cares about, um, is this going to make my life better in one way? Right. Am I going to be Am I going to be happy? Is this, like a, like, a cool or, like, a cute product that, you know, like, I'm going to get compliments compliments on? Um, like, am I going to be smarter for reading this book? Like, you know, will I, will I, will I learn what I, you know, want to learn by signing up for this course? Like, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, don't get value from it. They're not going to pay you anyways. That makes sense. That makes sense. What's, um, what, the, the question, the question of the day, what do you hope to accomplish, like, within your life? Like, what's your, what's your end game? What's your dream? What do you really, really want to accomplish before you die? So things that I really want to accomplish before I die, um, this might be a little cliche, but uh, I, I definitely want to travel the world. And, um, you know, I think it's, I think that's something that should be cliche. I think that everybody should travel, right? you know, like extensively, you know, because um, I feel that we all get kind of put in, uh, you know, we all kind of put ourselves into a box if we, if we, if we don't basically like broaden our, like, Run our comfort zones and bring in like new cultures and like new experiences. I feel that that brings a lot of problems when people aren't traveling mm-hmm. when, when are open to like new experiences. So that's that's one thing that I definitely um, I definitely want to um, I definitely want to take a trip through um, Europe, right on, uh, as well as Asia. And um, you know, um, I want to live. I want to live in a um, in a different country for you know like extended periods of periods of time. And um, like I'm saying, like at least six months. And um, I want to basically, I want to have a method of living in in other areas, um, kind of like interchangeably. You know, like it it could even be throughout you know throughout the U.S. but like internationally also. Right. Either owning uh, rental like rental properties um you know throughout these areas or some method i mean um you know it's it's early it's early now there may be better methods by the time that um you know i have the means to to actually do this but uh um i want to i want to have a way of basically you know not spending too much time in one place because i have to It's, it's only because i want to and also um 
you know, before I die, um, you know, I want to basically, like, you know, I want to have kids at, at some point. Right. That's something that I, you know, that I want to do. And, um, you know, I want to raise them to be, like, like young entrepreneurs, for sure. And, you know, but the funny thing is, is uh, it's, it's hard to kind of, like, force them. You know, you, you can't force them into anything. No. And uh, I feel a lot of people that they may um, not find it, like, appealing to be an entrepreneur until they experience the other side, until they have shitty jobs. Right. And they are bound by, you know, menial tasks. But, um, you know, so I want to um, have kids someday. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to have to worry about money. You know, I've lived so far below my means, uh, you know, for especially this, this last year, um, you know, trying to get things off, off, the, like off of the ground and uh, working for startups. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been eye-opening. And it's like I've always been frugal. But uh, I've never been as broke as I've been, you know, lately. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's really, you know, it's really quite, um, it sucks. You know, you're very limited in, um, you know, in, in, in what you can do. Say that you have a good idea. It's, um, you know, it's difficult to, uh, and, you know, there's always a way to get, you know, to get stuff done. You just, you just have to think outside the box. But, um, you know, you buy, you have to buy shitty food, and uh, you have to drive a shitty car, and you know. <laughs> That's rough, you, man. That's rough. Yeah, just well, like I mean, there are people that don't have a car, and there are people that you know are struggling to buy. So right. Like, I can't be. I can't be too. No, and uh, it's also that's the sacrifice you're willing to make. But yeah, yeah, man. Um, so it is. A, it is a sacrifice I'm, I'm. I'm willing to make, but um, I want. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's like needs to be super flashy. Like I don't need to have super flashy stuff. I just never want to worry about, you know, doing anything or, you know, like buying anything that I want. Yeah. You know, I just, I just don't want that to be an issue. It's like, you know, um, I'm basically parked here on the beach at um, Newport. Yep. I'm like looking at these yachts going by, and it's like, you know, maybe it'd be cool to have a yacht. But uh, it's not like mandatory. Do you want to? It's so. <laughs> it's funny that you just said you're parked at the beach watching yachts go by. I'm sitting. Yeah. I'm sitting on the the toilet upstairs. That's not. It's no no longer in the bathroom. But I'm sitting on the toilet that was the old toilet that was pulled out of the bathroom when we gutted this upstairs in yeah. the new apartment. Just like because it sound the the sounds better up here. It's just the sound up here carries. It's just got really good sound quality up here. So like yeah, you're yeah. out there, right, chasing your dream, and I'm sitting on a toilet doing this podcast, <laughs> chasing my dream. But it's just yeah. like that just shows you that like, dude, I'll tr- I'm trying to do whatever it takes here, and I've been fucking up. Like I told you that I haven't been putting in the reps, yeah. but the fact that like. Like you, you keep saying people get trapped in this box or they trap themselves in this box. And I've been thinking so much about that lately because it's like the things that you like to do are usually the things that you do the least of, but (laughs) right. But when you do them, you're the happiest, but you don't have time to do them as much as you want because you have to do other things. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, that's basically predicated on what kind of like, what kind of like, um, like, 
prior engagements you uh, kind of lock yourself into. Right. You know? Like if you have a ton of overhead, you're fucked. Like it's gonna be really tough to just quit your job and you know start like start something fresh because the reality is you're not gonna get paid for a while. For a while. And, you know, depending on the business, if it's a podcast, like you know, kudos to you. That's a that's a tough you know thing to be successful at. You know, so it's like you need to really give yourself a, a long runway of making nothing. To um, and there, are, you know, there are ways to monetize it right out, right out of the gate, and uh, there are other things that you can do on the side, um, like entre- like entrepreneurially, right out of the gate. But it's like say that say that somebody has like a you know a seven thousand dollar overhead. So every single month, like those are their like you know those are their like like you know that's their cost of living. How difficult is it, is it going to be, be f- for that person to stop what they're doing and, you know, start something from scratch? Oh, it's – you either better have $100,000 in the bank or you better have an idea that's yeah. going to make you $8,000 a month. Yeah, and it's just not, it's just not realistic, um, you know, for people with that kind of an overhead to, to take those kind of risks. And, and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, people do it, people do it to – you know, they do it to themselves. It's basically – like it's a choice, you know. Everything is choices, and um, it's funny, man. Like when you're, you know, the younger you are, um, the greater the magnitude your choices are. Right. So true. Think of it like you know, you're teeing off like a golf ball. If that, if that, you know, if basically your club is rotated a fraction of a degree, you're gonna be off. You know, you're gonna be totally off from your from your course if you're far enough away. Right. You know. You're five feet away from the hole. You're off by a, you know, like a, like a couple of percent of uh, of a degree. Then it's not going to be too big, of, you know, um, too big of a like a difference. You probably won't even notice it. But if you're teeing off and say that you're say that you're 20, and you basically lock yourself into, you know, all these all this overhead, all these trappings, like all this all this all this debt that you have to pay off. Um, it's going to be really tough for you to like take risks. And, um, I feel like that's, that's kind of an issue with, with people, um, you know, just taking out massive debt, going to school without really knowing what they want to do first and without really having a, like a game plan. Right. They're doing it because it's, you know, it's just, it's just a massive, um, group think, you know? Um, so, so, it, you know, that's a, I think that's a major problem and, um, you know, um, everything matters. Every decision that we make matters, no matter how small it's like, you know, it's going to make an impact on us. And it's like, if you choose to, you know, if you choose to finance a car, um, you know, you might be thinking, it's like, oh, it's three hundred, three, $400 a month. But, um, you know, what if you invested that every single month into starting your own, into starting your own business? Right. And, uh, like, what if you basically use that and use that in ads or you use that to basically buy, like, you know, buy a microphone, buy, buy a new laptop, whatever, something, something to, you know, something to get you, get yourself started, something to get your business started. Um, you know, so I think one of the, one of the first keys is to, uh, have a, have a very low overhead and to, you know, basically give yourself flexibility to live under your means and kind of, you know, not have to work too long and still pay your bills and still like be able to make progress. I mean, that's something that I've kind of structured into my own life is uh, having a really low overhead. Even though I, I I live in a really nice area, um, 
I still keep my my overhead pretty pretty damn low. Yeah. And um, you know that basically gives me the flexibility that um, I may only need to work to make money like a couple hours a day, and then um, you know the rest of the day I can basically put that towards something that doesn't make money now, but is going to make a shitload of money in in the future. So something that you know it has like like exponential growth. I think that's that's huge to put it that way because if you're working at a job, the chances of you getting a raise are predicated on success or however long you've been there or whatever. So that's only controllable to a degree if you plan on staying at the same job. But making your overhead yeah. low all depends on your choices. It really, it, yeah, it honestly does, man. And um, you know, if you're talking about getting a raise at a job, it's like what's what's a good raise at a job? Like five percent? Yeah, I think that's like a really good raise. Yeah, so that's a really good raise. So say that it's like three, like three percent. So, um, so say that you're making like sixty grand a year-ish. You know, let's say, and um, you know you're doing well. Um, you, know, you can, you can, you can buy shit that uh, you know you previously weren't able to buy, and um, you know you may think that that's that that's a lot of money and that you know you're doing you're doing well, but um, you know. You keep buying shit. You keep on like incurring debt, and you have a large overhead. Um, it's going to be very a. It's going to be very tough to you know to basically like you know make any kind of profit from that to like invest those profits into running a, into running a business, starting a business, or just giving yourself time to start something new. Yeah. Um, and b. Say that you get a three percent raise. That's only eighteen hundred bucks right. per year that you're that you know that you're going to make. So. Um, so, hey, first of all, what's the likelihood of you getting a raise at a job? You know, it's like if you if you bust your ass and if you do a, a, a really good job, you know, it's pretty likely. You know, it really depends on the employer. But, you know, you might not get one every year. Um, what if you run your own business? You know, what's the, what's the you know, are you able to give yourself a 1,000% raise? Yeah, if you work how hard. How about if you? How about this? Are you are you able to give yourself a one thousand percent raise in one month? I mean, I'm sure it's possible. It is possible. There there are people that are, that are doing this right now. Yeah. There are people that have done this. You know, there are people that have literally gone from, um, you know, from making like, you know, maybe like a couple hundred bucks to a couple hundred thousand in a very short in a very short period of time per month. Oh, I definitely believe it. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that. Yeah, you know, and the issue is, is if your vehicle, if your vehicle of wealth is a job, you know, there's no scalability. You know, there's no way for you to like, like, there's no exponential growth. There's, there's only linear growth, and even the linear growth is slow. Right. You know? So, um, you know, that's the issue is that people, you know, they incur a lot of debt. They have a lot of, um, they have a very high overhead, and uh, they're vehicle of wealth is based on a very slow linear scale there's no exponential factor you know so um you know at the end of the day these people are essentially trapped you know they're not not, you're not totally trapped you know you can always you can always find ways to do something there's always there's always a way but it's going to be much more difficult for somebody to you know be able to take a risk when they're in that kind of a situation and you have to be conscious of it too like so yeah, for sure. I, me and Alan actually like start, and Alan's such a huge part of my life now, but we started talking, I think it was like two years ago on the 4th of July. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm X amount. I think I was like $10,000 $10, in credit card debt. And he's like, well, how much can you afford to pay off? 
And I was like, I could throw 5,000 at it right now. And he's like, do it now. Like right now, just do it. And I was like, well, no, I don't, I, that's, I don't like that at all. But I did it. You know what I mean? But I did it. And now I basically have no debt at all other than my car, which is whatever. That's a low enough interest rate where it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. But you know, the, the thing is like, you have to realize that if you, if you're burning the candle on one end, it's eventually going to come back and you're going to have to like repair that candle. So let's make that initial burning as low as possible. Yeah. Yep. You know, like just in order, just in order to give yourself like, you know, the flexibility to be able to take risks, you know, cause the reality is, is a lot of business ideas fail. Right. A lot of things don't, you know? So it's like you have to you have to try a bunch of different things, and you have to be willing to lose all of your money on all of those things, on all of those endeavors. You have to be willing to, to lose your money a bunch of times and have to restart. So it's like you know, even if you're putting all of your eggs in one basket, you're like, oh, right, this one thing is going to work, it has to work. You know, it's like you know, you might have to pivot. Like the truth is, like you know, um, starting something, you know, you might have to pivot into something else, and you might find a better opportunity, and then end up being more successful at that than you ever would have with you know the first opportunity yeah so but you you know that doesn't matter if you don't have the time or the flexibility or you know you know the means to be able to do that so um you know and it's like all all debt isn't isn't bad debt there is uh there is good debt you can use leverage um you know to your advantage definitely but um you know the way that most people use debt is just bad debt right 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 Pretty much, yeah. We were um we were talking earlier in our little preamble about uh you asked me who or if there was anybody that I modeled myself after when it came to podcasting, and I said Joe Rogan was basically my hero, and you said, Oh wow, that's that's crazy because he changed my life as well. You wanna go into that? Yeah, dude, honestly man, um so yeah, so this was kinda like an interesting time. I mean I was um I was just grinding at school. Um you know, so I was just really focused on getting on getting good grades, and I got you know pretty much straight A's. Um, you know that portion of my um, you know college career. So I was I was really hustling on on that. I really like incurred a lot of stress. Um, obviously, I was still going I was still going to the gym, but um, my uh, uncle passed away. Um, you know, he'd been struggling for about a decade at that point, and um, you know he passed away. And I was kind of in like a little bit of a funk and I was really kind of, you know, like when, when somebody, when, when somebody close to you passes away, it really, you know, forces you to question life. Right. Forces you to kind of question everything that you're doing. And you're like, man, it's like, you know, it can just end like that. And, um, you know, it's like, he's here one day, you can talk to him and then he's gone. And, um, you know, it's like, and that could happen to any, any, any one of us, any, any one of us could die, you know? Like today, I don't want to be morbid or anything, but you know, it's like nothing is guaranteed. Rich Piana, so, Rich Piana died the other day. No, no, uh, Dallas McCover. No, Rich Piana died today. Wait, what? Yeah, Rich Piana died. They pulled him off oh, life support. Holy shit! Yeah, man. And then Dallas McCarver uh, two days ago. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. For those who don't know, uh, Dallas McCarver is an elite level uh, bodybuilder, and uh, he, was, he was 
26. He's my age. Right. And then Rich Piano, Rich Mr. Olympia Stage. Rich Piano was uh, basically the social media guru of bodybuilding and uh, had a very successful product line as well. But yeah, he passed away as well. What the fuck? He did. He did. Holy shit, man! It's crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, I actually, I actually met him like a, like a, like a few times in person. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, he's literally the nicest fucking dude ever. It's crazy, man. Well, that just speaks about what you were talking about. Like, that he's, now nobody ever gets to talk to him again. He's, he's gone, man. How crazy is it? All right, first of all, yeah, he is literally probably one of the nicest people that I've ever, that I've ever met, you know? Just like, he's this huge, monstrous, like, 320-pound person, and he's just like, He's just smiling, just talking to people, just like, you know, just talking to like old ladies at like at the gym, just like, he's just a very nice guy. He's just a very genuine guy. And like, he's all these tattoos and he looks like this, you know, he looks like this crazy, like, like super, like, you know, bro, meathead. But, um, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. He was, you know, he was a, he was a good guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that he preached, I didn't like agree with. You know, obviously. Yeah. Um, and his practices, the way that he lived his life was, I think, was really risky. But, um, you know, fuck, man. That yeah. just proves that's that's how fragile life is, man. Yeah, no, it's fragile, man. So um, I, was in, I was in a point that I was, uh, you know, I was just kind of like, I was looking online on videos. And, uh, you know, this is when YouTube was relatively young. It was, um, it was 2012. And I ended up... Um, Man, I, I was just watching like a string of videos and um, I ended up just like stumbling upon like a, like a, like a, it was like a Joe Rogan video and he was like taking down like, like a fucking, like, like, um, heckler in the audience. Yes, yes. And I was just watching this, like, this randomly. It was like, it was, it was like an old video. And then I watched that. I laughed. And then like, I watched like a, like a few more of his videos where he's just doing stand up. And then I laughed. And then like, I stumbled upon some of his videos from his podcast and he's just, um, where like he's just talking about life he's just basically just ranting on you know on like you know like ways that people live their lives and um you know kind of like being control of your own destiny more or less you know yeah uh like he always says uh be the superhero in your own in your own movie right i love that shit yeah right you know and it's like you know that's kind of like a cool way to put it and he's just like yeah you know we've all seen the arnold you know like um like We've all seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, where it's like he gets out of bed, he puts the uh, you know uh, revolver in his mouth, but you know, but it's not, but it's not loaded. He puts like a slice of pizza in the in the blender. In the blender, yep. <laughs> and, you know, like, like mixes mixes it up, and then like you know, starts his day. His life, his life's a fucking mess. But then he just like you know, he gets a call, and he needs he needs to he needs to he needs to do something. It's like his call to action. And then he just steps up to the plate, and now he's this fucking superhero. And he's like, and he's like, what is the like, what is the hero figure like? It's like, what do you like? What do you see as something that like you that like you admire? What's like, you know, like, what would the hero in your in your movie do? And like, just do that, you know? It, it makes <laughs> so, so much sense. It's like just do that. It's like what you know? What is what are traits that you look up to? You know, like who is like the type of person that? Um, that it's like, like you like uh, respect and you and like you admire. It's like, why can't you just be more like that person? Right. You know, be that be that person in, in your own movie. 
And uh, it kind of just, you know, and like, and that, like, on top of a lot of other, um, you know, kind of like, like, um, like motivational clips from his podcast. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I started really diving deep in, into all these and, you know, kind of like, you know, seeing what kind of makes this guy tick. And, um, yeah, man, he's a really interesting guy. I mean, you know, like, you obviously know that, like, he grew up in Boston. Yep. And um, he basically, he basically talks about how much he fell on his face. And he just, you know, failed at a lot of the shit that he, that he did. I mean, he was, he, was good at, he, was, he was good at martial arts. But um, it really took him, you know, it really took him, like, a lot of, like, experimentation. And um, just a lot of, like, shots in the dark. It's like, he knew Dana Waite. Dana White, and he was touring with, you know, the UFC, um, and he, he didn't make a fucking dime, you know, he, he didn't make anything, and it's like, you know, the UFC, there's no, you know, it's like nobody knew that that, that, that was going to catch on. Right, not like this. You know, nobody, nobody, no, nobody knew that that was going to, you know, because it's like, no, like, who wanted to watch cage fighting on, you know, like, like, on the TV? Yeah. It's like, people would barely, you know, there was barely boxing on TV. And, um, you know, there wasn't really a medium, uh, to basically market, you know, cage fighting. And it's like, it, it just wasn't something that like the general public liked to watch, you know, just two people jumping in the cage and beating the fuck out of each other. I love you it. You know, it's just like bloody everywhere. And I mean, yeah, now, now, like now people love it. Um, but it's like, you know, it was a, it was a massive risk. And, um, you know, Joe Rogan put a lot of his, you know, time and effort into it. And, uh, there was no, you know, there was nothing saying that he was going to be, you know, he was going to be like, you know, uh, successful at it at all. But, um, you know, he did it, he worked, he worked for free and it ended up paying out for him. And, um, he started his podcast, you know, obviously that's super, uh, super successful podcast. What does he have? Like 300 episodes? No, he just did his 1000th episode oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind, never mind. How dare you, sir? No, I'm kidding. But yeah, seriously, man. how crazy he's is that? He's an, he's an OG podcaster, man. Dude, he, he'll do three of them a day. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, man. Um, he, loves, he loves to talk. He's <laughs> good. But, and the thing he is, like, does. he's really good at putting it in really simple terms. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. you don't like doing that? Okay, do less of that and then do more of the shit that you do like because you're going to die one day. He's like that voice of common sense. Right. It's just like, it's just like, uh, fucker. Yeah. Um, dude, L- listen like, here. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, why are you doing so much of that? You should be doing less of that and more of something. Like, yeah. And then you think of it and you're like, oh shit, that really makes a lot of sense. You're like, yeah, I, I think, I think that would work. Right. But the thing you is know? so many people, so few people do it. Or I think more people are starting to do that because entrepreneurship I think is at an all-time high yeah you know so people are taking risks more than they ever have for sure because people can we have a we have a medium now that anybody anybody can can you know start an online business right now right you have this thing in front of your face that you can do magical things on yep you have scale every single person has scale it's crazy you know if you if you move back even 30 30 years ago um, it was scale was, you know, probably in like our perspective, you know, millions, millions of dollars in costs that we could get, you know, with like a, like a couple months of, you know, maybe putting in some money, doing some smart marketing tactics and business, you can do it for relatively cheap. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, there, there wasn't any, any, any skill. You know, you had to, you know, to basically make it on like a massive, you know, a TV channel or like a massive radio radio channel to get the kind of exposure that people can build on their own now is fucking crazy. It's insane. I see. What's that? It was just, um, it wasn't really possible. You no. Know, you had to have, you know, and, and, and like you had to compete with, you know, massive brands that had, you know, millions or billions of dollars to spend on ads. So it's like for the person just starting out. You know, there weren't many options. Right, and now you see, like, I see people on Instagram that I don't even know who they are. Like, they're, like, rappers or up-and-coming rappers that are driving, like, Bentleys and stuff. And that doesn't mean they're successful. But I'm just saying, <laughs> they have, like, three or four million followers. And I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea who this person even is. But, like, you know, the fact that they, they're getting after it and they're getting that kind of exposure means that they're doing something. And something right, most likely. Yeah, man. For instance, um, you know, Kylie, Kylie Jenner. Yes. I think, um, man, this is like this is like a little while back. I'm sure she's done plenty, plenty more than this since then. But um, uh, I think she she made a post. She's like, "Oh, this is my new this is this is uh this is my new dress. Um, it's you know 179 dollars each, and I only have ten thousand. So order so order them quick. She sold out in like an hour. Jesus. You know. And made like one point eight million dollars in about in about an hour. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that um, you know that kind of shit's possible. You know, she has she has insane amounts of scale, like insane reach. Right. You, know, you can just say, "Hey, here's this, here's this product," or you know, "Here's this." You know, like like I think that Kim Kardashian had a game. She did. She and, made a shit ton of money on it too. Yeah, for for like a while, she made um, she was making about three million dollars a day. God, on this on this game, um, I think she capped out at around hundred million dollars. Wow, on this this stupid little game where like you buy like little you know dresses and handbags and dogs and stuff. You know, like I haven't I haven't played the actual game, but I just like I just heard this story and it's just like what the fuck? dude, it's that's crazy to me. Yeah, no, but it's real. It is. And with them, it, with them, it's like shooting fish in a barrel because you know people are going to buy it. Yeah, I know. So it's not even like you're advertising. You're basically just selling it by putting the post up. Like, okay, that's going to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just because the reach is so, it's so massive. It's crazy. It's a massive scale that, you know, it's like you can, you can, you can do something. You can, you know, do something with that, with that audience. Though. But hey, good for them. Yeah, man. I can't hate. They're they're successful. Can't hate. Yeah, man. I'm not gonna hate on them. No, you know. So, uh, any anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? uh, Enjoy your California weather. Let's see. Um, hmm. I don't know if you have any interesting life lessons for the fans. I mean, obviously you do. I know that for sure. But yeah, I think. um, Keep failing and uh, keep failing until you don't. You know, I think that's a good piece of that's a good piece of advice. Yeah, I I love that. And, um, you know, you only you know honestly, um, if you're in the business of home runs, you only need to have one. Honestly, you know, um, I think that uh, uh, Mark Cuban said that he says you only you only need to hit one like you only need to hit one home run, and you honestly do. You only need to have one um, properly properly created scalable like 
um, idea to actually pan out. Yeah. And you made it. I think that Mark, uh, Mark Cuban, he wanted to find a way to like watch sports online. So he ended up um, starting a business from scratch to basically do that. There, w- there weren't really anybody out there that was doing it. And he sold his idea to Yahoo for, I think, over $4 billion. He is a very wealthy man, <laughs> Mr. Cuban. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, honestly, man, it's like, you know, he taught himself how to code. He, you know, he fell on his face a bunch, a bunch of times, uh, a bunch of different businesses. He got robbed by one of his employees. She took like a hundred grand from him mm. and uh, pretty much bankrupt one of his prior businesses. He had to start over from scratch. And then only one thing needed to hit. And it's like, if you basically like create something the right way, it has scale or it has like, you know, magnitude and magnitude is scale if you really break it down. But, um, you know, you only need to be right once. Right. So that's what he did. So and, uh, start, start throwing shit at the wall and figure out what's going to stick. Yeah, so be you know, you know, like methodical, like about it to some degree, but um, don't be paralyzed. Uh, if you guys want to start something, um, you know, take the first step now. Right after you stop listening to this podcast, take you know, take your first actionable step. Like whatever you, whatever you think uh, is is a good actionable step. Maybe like writing out a plan. You know, it's like maybe writing out, um, you know, doing some research on like a demographic. If somebody wants to start a business. Doing research on like niches, you know, looking in, looking into a niche, like how big is your space, like what is your competition like, what kind of stuff are they are they putting out, and um, you only really need to be right once and be able to scale that. Right. I would also tell people, like, if you're not if you're not reading, at least listen to audiobooks, and if you're not listening to audiobooks, find some good motivational videos on on YouTube or something, because like. When you watch those, that changes the way you think for the entire day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like one thing that, you know, people need to know about motivational videos and stuff like that is, um, yeah, it's short term. It's a short term boost. Right. But it's like, you know, you need to keep giving yourself regular short term boosts to kind of keep going. You know, it's like don't expect watching watching a motivational video or even listening to this podcast and then like thinking that you're going to be motivated for, you know, a week. You're not. No, maybe God, no. Maybe a couple hours. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, like motivation has to come intrinsically. It has to, you have to come, you know, you have to start something from a place of already having motivation. And it's like, obviously I can see that in the weight loss space, I was a personal trainer for a, a very long time. The people that were successful losing weight and getting in shape, it wasn't because of the plan. You had the best plan in, in the world. It was the people that were, you know, intrinsically motivated um, to follow the plan. Yeah, it makes that makes a ton of sense. It's like you can't give somebody motivation, and it's like even you know, motivation like motivational videos they won't last. But it's like use it to get started. Like use it to break, like you know, use it use it to break that um, that first barrier, which is always going to be you know the most difficult to get yourself moving. And um, you know, yeah, but like. Find find somebody who motivates you. Find somebody um, who kind of you look up to, and uh, use that as motivation. I, I think that's one of the good things about social media. If you use it in the right way, right? Watching somebody on their journey and watching somebody you know be successful and you know go along and like they're making moves and they're making things happen, you can kind of watch that in real life. And it's like find motivation from that every day. You know, who are I your heroes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, who who are my heroes? Yeah, who are your heroes? Um, Arnold. 
Arnold, good old Arnold. Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger, he's probably he's probably number one. Yeah. For a, a number of reasons, I think it's not like I've modeled my life around him, but um, but like a lot of kind of his thought pattern, um, I model things. Yeah. It's uh like one thing you know like um I read his book like I read his um his uh, biography. Um, he wrote a book called Total. Uh, it's called Total Recall. I actually recommend that to everybody who's listening to this podcast because it's a fucking amazing story. Right on. He's got an amazing story. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, um, so he had a dream being the most muscular person in the world. Then he had a dream, uh, you know, I want to be a famous actor. Then he had a dream, I want to be like a powerful figure. I want to be, you know, I want to be in politics. But it's like um, when, he, when he went from bodybuilding to acting, people don't, people don't know this. Um, he was already he was already a millionaire, and this was in the seventies. He was already a, he was already a millionaire prior to doing his first acting gig. I didn't know that. It, was, it wasn't from bodybuilding. Oh, yeah, you, know, you you don't make shit bodybuilding. Oh yeah, I know that. No. Yeah, no. And it's like, <laughs> even now, you don't make much much bodybuilding. He was the best of the best back in the day. Yeah. But honestly, the market wasn't that wasn't that big. He was you know he was an entrepreneur. Um, he was an entrepreneur. So he he started like a like a like a several businesses he had a bricklaying business and then he had a um uh mailing business where he would basically mail like workout tips and like you know magazines to um you know to people and then he um you know like invested into uh um like real estate on the uh, santa monica strip back in the 70s and he actually got lucky with that because he got a boom and then he ended up selling out and making a massive profit and um you know, but honestly, man, it's like he, he was a, he was a businessman first. He basically made enough money for him to pursue his passion without worrying about making, you know, making like a, you know, a dime from it. He could have, he could have waited for, you know, three or four years for the right acting gig if he wanted to, you know? Yeah. And it wouldn't matter from it. He, he didn't have to make money from that. He was going to, you know, survive and just chase his passion and just do what, do what he wants. You know, regardless if he made any money doing it. He's just a doer. Like, people that are doers yeah, are successful. You just got to get out there and do it. Smart. He's smart, yeah. No, he, and he, he's a fucking work, you know, he's a workhorse, man. For sure. So, Arnold is definitely, he's definitely one of my major heroes. I would say some other, uh, some other of my heroes are um, Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you know Tim Ferriss, but... Uh, I have... He wrote a book before our work week. Um, yeah, yeah. You recommend that to me. Yeah, actually... Um, I recommended the the four hour work week to you because um, I think that's that'll be actually very beneficial to you and your journey. And I will uh, scope that. Yeah, just it'll just kind of get you thinking the right way. Yeah, I think you know to like be able to you know do what you're what um you know you're trying to do. Uh, so he's he's a brilliant person, just you know like a marketing genius, and um, it's just like he 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 sets very high standards for his life, and um. You know, he just constructs everything that he does in like a very like intelligent way. You know, to like to like meet those standards. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just like I like how he thinks. I really do. And um, man, some other those are two definite uh, heroes. I would say I would say um, another one of my heroes is dead. Um, I know that Alan's quoted quoted this guy a lot. Um, his name's uh, Jim Jim Rome. Yep. So he kind of reminds me of my grandfather, and you know my grandfather is actually probably like, like are we talking about family members or whoever, whoever you look at and say I want to be more like that. Yeah. 
So I would say, um, you know, Jim definitely reminds me of my grandfather, who actually I was just talking to yesterday. Just in how he, um, just how he, like, you know, he, like, it's kind of like how Joe Rogan would talk. Yeah. It's like he just breaks something down and makes it seem really, just makes it seem really simple, makes it seem really common sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, just not getting yourself, like, stuck into, into, into a rut, you know, and, and just, like, realizing that, um, you know, you can always get out of it and to always, like, enjoy what you do. You know, you don't have to love it. Like, I, I don't really think that you have to, like, absolutely love what, love what you do. I think that being successful is actually pretty boring. And um, you have to, like, you have to be good at dealing with boredom. Because it's like, the fun part isn't always. It's like, say that say that you're say that you're a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun part is, like, winning a basketball game or, like, you know, hitting, like, hitting shots. Or it's like making like making a nice play, making making like a nice steal or like block, or um, you know winning like a championship. But it's like that's a very minute fraction of what you actually do. Right. Like the actual training that you do in the gym, you know, on the court is very tedious, and you have to be able to like stick with it, even though you're even though you're bored, even though your body aches, and you know even though you don't really feel like it that day, you have to be be able to like still push yourself to do it. So. It's like, you know, I, I, I honestly think that people take the term do what you love, um, you know, too literally. I don't really think that that's like the, you know, the best way to put it. It's like you have to enjoy what you do, but do something that like you can become passionate um, about. But like you're not always going to love it. You know, if you, if you always love what, you, love what you're doing, you're probably going too slow. You're probably just, just kind of chilling, you know, because honestly, um, like the training aspect of it. And like, what makes something valuable is the fact that it's difficult. You know, if if there if there's no difficulty factor, then it's not going to be valuable. Right. So you know, and you're not always going to love it. You know, if you always love it, it's probably not that challenging. It's probably not that difficult. That's but true. Like, you're going to go through long periods of time where it's like you are grinding. You're you're, you know, um, like your nose is right next to the grindstone, and you're doing something that is you know it feels like busy work, and it. It feels like it's taking it's taking forever, but that's honestly, um, you know, that's honestly I think what is uh, what is necessary, you know. And it's think of it as like a means to an end, but I think that it is, uh, you know, it's necessary to kind of like go through, um, be able to push through thresholds of boredom and pain and you know, tiredness to be successful. And, um, I think that Jim Rohn kind of he puts that he he kind of puts that in in very easy in very uh, simple terms. Um, I like I like that about him. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely look up to different aspects of my parents. You know, my mother and father. Um, they've been good role models for me. I think I think my dad um, just more just like of learning how to just live life and just like love your life pretty much no matter what yeah that's huge he's just a, he's just a happy person man and um just be grateful for, for what you have i think i really learned a lot of gratitude from my, from my dad i was gonna say i feel like the happiness is rubbed off on you because i remember seeing you when you were training people at the gym you're always happy every time i saw yeah. you yeah man and i am i'm you know i'm a i'm a i'm just a positive person in general you know it's like i think i get a lot of that from my dad i think i got i get my work ethic from my mom and just being disciplined uh, from her, and like, 
you know, just once again, being able to like, just put my nose to the grindstone. I think that's because of her, um, you know, my uncle, uh, my uncle Tom, he was, you know, he was a big role model to me. Just once again, just his work ethic is fucking crazy. You know, he was in the, in the special forces and he's just, he's just a, a crazy fucking guy. And, um, you know, the, the stories that he had and basically the, like, things that he's had to overcome, I think, are really motivational to me. Right. Um, you know, and honestly, man, um, you know, I think it is it's very important to have good role models. It is. It's huge. It, you know, it honestly is. And um, that's really that's really a game changer. You know, like we were, like we were talking about earlier, like, if you're, if you're teeing off a golf ball and say that you're five years old and you don't have any good role models, you know, think about where, you, where you're going to be when you're 20, yeah. or where you're going to be when you're 30. You know, I think it's really important. And, you know, un- unfortunately, people, you know, people that have a bad start, it's usually because they don't have, you know, the best role models growing up. So, you know, I'm, I'm blessed in the fact that I did have good role models from a young age. And, um, but, you know, what about you, man? Joe Rogan's got to be like probably my biggest hero. Yeah, I, I would honestly put uh, I would honestly put Joe under my list also. He's got to be. I mean, he's changed my life. You know, just like watching his stuff has changed my life. It's changed the way I think. And then I was like, oh, wow, I want to do that. Because the first time I did a podcast with Alan on Alan's podcast, like we sat down and talked for three hours. And I was like, imagine if you could get paid for that. And then that's, know, right? <laughs> that's how this started, man. Yeah, that's funny. That's it. Like that's how this started. I mean, dude, it's very. It's, that's that's a very valid point. You know, he's made it happen at a, at a very at a very major way. Yeah, and if I can do that, like Joe Rogan did it, and like he didn't know anything about podcasting. Podcasting was new, but like now there's so much more technology, and I know about it. So why can't I do that? Yeah, man. You know. Fuck yeah. That's why he's my hero because I want. I want to do what he does. That's it. Plain and simple. Yeah, fuck yeah. No, I do. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, huge, I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah, I think, he, I think he's a great guy too. He seems like yeah. he's a genuinely good dude. He's a, he's a very genuine person. That's what I... That's and that's, I that's something I pride myself. Yeah, and that's yeah. something I pride myself on that too. Like, I... Hell yeah. I, if I died tomorrow, I would want people just to be like, he was just a good dude. You know? Like even if even if I, you didn't know me that well, I just want you to know that like, you know, he was a good dude. He was a good guy that would talk to you if you needed help or whatever. Because when you die, you can't take your money with you. You can't take your car with you. You can't take your watch with you. All you have is your reputation. You are hundred percent right. That's it. You know, I want to leave a good one behind, and I want to help people doing it. Amen. Amen to that, man. You like and, it? Uh, yeah, I think that that's important too, man. Is um you know people don't really remember, you know like I forget who said this quote, but uh, people don't really uh, uh you know they don't really like remember what you do as much as as how you made them feel. Exactly. You know so and if you and if you make people feel good if you basically spread positive vibes and you know like you're a good positive like you know factor in somebody's life um you know they'll never forget that. And what more can you ask for? Like, if that's my purpose, and I get to live that purpose out, that's huge. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, my man, I want to thank you so, so, so very much for being on with us today. 
It was great. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me, man. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, uh, man. You know what, what's that? Yeah, uh, I said that I, you know, um, I've had a good time shooting shooting the shit. Yeah, and I, dude, you've you've added so many good things, and even like opened up my eyes to like. That's the fun thing about having these conversations is like a lot of it is similar in a way. It's all about having that growth mindset, but there's so many different intricacies with your life compared to my life compared to whoever's life. You know, there's so many differences, but we're all going for the same shit. We are. We are. Yep. And, and with uh, that. One more, one more thing. Yeah, I yeah. It's very important. To basically, you know, like be around other people that are going through similar struggles as you. For sure. You know, if you're if you're if you're trying to do this, you know, if you're trying to be like an entrepreneur, if you're trying to do something, um, you know, it's like if you're trying to start something up and you have only people that, you know, they they have a fixed mindset and they don't think that you know you you can be successful at this and they basically they only see life as being just like one road that you that you can travel on is basically you know. Go to school, get a good job, retire, and then die, and then recycle. You know. Yeah, it's true. They only see that, and it's like they they can't really see your vision. It's like you gotta, you know, put yourself around people that that are doing what you're doing, and that they are striving for, you know, something that's difficult, and they're you know basically pushing themselves and trying to get better. Like they're actively trying to get better. For sure. So I, that's a huge factor in somebody's. Success is basically their network of people that, you know, they can, they can, you know, they can call on. And honestly, man, you can, you know, you feel, feel free to call on me whenever, whenever you want to just shoot the shit or, uh, you know, talk about like, like a new idea they, they have. You want to, you know, you want to brainstorm or anything, man. Cause, I have thoroughly you know, enjoyed reconnecting, man. I really, really have. And, you and know, I think it's super valuable. It is. And just like you said, if, if, Say, uh, say somebody hears this conversation. They're like, oh, I've never talked to my best friend about that kind of stuff. And then they talk to their best friend about it. That's two minds that have just opened up to like, oh shit, what we're doing isn't what we have to do. Like we can figure out something else. They're they're infinite rows. They're infinite rows. Yeah, man. That's why I want to do this shit, man. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely, that's definitely true. Right. You know? Yeah. Let's open up some minds, man. That's what we're trying to do. All right, ladies and gents. Amen. We are going to sign off. Have a happy, what's today? Friday. And enjoy the weekend. And we will chat with you later. Bye.